You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. I'm Michael Rosenbaum. Yeah, we've got an announcement to make today, right? This is a very exciting announcement, folks. Anna Ferris and Sim Sarna, their, uh, what would you call it, their show slash their... Yeah, we're joining the Unqualified family. Well, I wanted to announce that. Well, I just did it. Well, you, I was asking you for words. Yeah, to help me. how to announce it, and I just gave you it. So, yeah, we're... Thank you, Rob. Rob, uh, uh, is this inside of you with Rob Hollis? Yes. <laughs> it is. It anyway, is we're now. really excited, guys. With all sincerity, uh, we're joining Unqualified. Uh, we're under their umbrella. They believed in the show, and... Um, you know, Sim and Anna have been really instrumental, and uh, but mostly Anna, mostly Anna, because Sim has no pull. No, and we want to say thank you to Unqualified, truly, because honestly, Sim called me up and said, you know, we love the show, and it's genuine, and it's gritty, and it's it's real, and it's Howard Stern like, which I'm like, you know, I don't even compare myself, but it was just very, it was just a compliment. I really appreciate it. It's, it's nice to have someone believe in you, as we all know. Yeah, and they're going to help get our show out into the world. So we'll see if uh, people, more people listen to it, and we really appreciate you listening. Today is an incredible guest. It's probably one of the biggest guests we've had. It's the biggest guest we've had. Kristen Bell is our guest today, and uh, let me tell you something. If you've heard an interview with her, you haven't heard it, uh, this is completely different. The, the one we do with her, I do with her, is, 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 is just so genuine and so – she was taken aback because she didn't, she's never gone so in-depth about her anxiety and depression and all these things. And there's a really cool thing where I, I could have been with her. I, I introduced Dax to her and she said I could have been Mr. Kristen Bell. Yeah. How do you think that would have worked out if you guys started dating? That would have failed. Would you have? Um, I would have been so insecure that I'm dating such a pretty girl and she would have felt that and she would have got the upper hand and I would have been uh, like cat and mouse thing. I'd be always the mouse or the cat chasing the mouse. Do you do you get jealous if, you, if your I don't girlfriend ever get or wife was an actress? No, I, I'm not like that. No, I've had actresses as, as uh, companions and, and, you know, but I just never, I'm not, I'm not a jealous guy. I just think, you know, there's some women that are, um, I'm beneath. <laughs> she she was one of them. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of women that I'm beneath. I, I think that I I, I I'm kind of funny sometimes, and uh, I can be charming. But you know, I you know, Dax is more of a manly man. So, you know, I thought she was a little out of my league. But you know, and that's maybe why I didn't even think about giving her a chance because she gave me her number, and she like, and then I walked away. She said, "Oh, you weren't interested," which you'll hear in the interview. And then supposedly Dax, she needed some place to spit her gum, and Dax put it in his hand. Gross. And then they're married. So <laughs> you could have been that hand. Meanwhile, yeah. Meanwhile, I was like hitting on some bartender at the fucking Staples. TGI Center. Fridays. I was young. I was a kid. Now I'm mature. I, uh, you know, you turned out all right. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm working on myself, and uh, you know, we talk a lot about stuff that you, you guys know. If you guys have been listening, uh, these episodes really are. Uh, are about us and kind of, you know, how these people sort of relate to everyone, even though they make millions and millions of dollars. Kristen Bell, she's on the podcast. I guess that's all I got to say, Rob. Yeah, let's get inside of Kristen Bell. That's another thing that I usually say, but you said it. Sorry. Okay. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Hi, buddy. Yeah, my dog somehow. 
uh, uh, Kristen uh, Bell, Kristen Annie Bell, thank you for allowing me to be inside of you today. Uh, we have uh, Jessica bringing thank her you, some Jessica. green tea to give you some caffeine. Love it. My dog Irv, good to see you guys. Irvy, you'll exit. Irvy, do you want to stay here? No, no, no he'll, he'll, he'll sniff and, and beg and whine. Well, how is that any different from what you're doing? Yeah, pretty much. Yes. Story of my life, and we're we're right into it. So we were talking to Kristen here. Now, you've been with Dax for eleven years. Mm-hmm. We'll get to when you guys sort of met because I was there. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking right, I was. Do you remember <laughs> what happened? Well, I also have a terrible memory, so I'm sure you remember more. You do not have a terrible memory. Like lines and shit, you're wonderful. No, no, but that takes up all the space in my brain. Everything else is like what I ate for breakfast this morning, the exact context of a situation I was in, full vacations that I've taken, go away. They're completely erased from my memory so oh, I can do dialogue. So you're not a Mary Lou Henner kind of type. Oh my God, get, I'm a polar opposite. I start, well, we'll get into how we met, but in the beginning with Dax, because I've known Dax a long time, and when yeah. I was with him, you know, we did drugs and things like that. I, mm-hmm. I didn't do a lot of drugs. I'm mm-hmm. not making excuses for myself. He could tell you I wasn't a drug Michael, head. you were wild. I was a little wild, but I wasn't like him. Michael, women are drugs. What, what does that mean? Everything's a drug. I don't know why he said women are drugs, though. Because a lot of women. dating, Rob, don't chime drinking. In on this. I'm just, yeah. No, Rob, Rob you're, you're feel free to talk whenever First you want. Time he chimes to. in, it's about, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, you guys were wild. I know that. Wild, but we weren't like. You weren't smoking crack by yourself like no. he was. Yes, that's the difference. I think we were good. You know, I, I say good guys. I, I mean, like, you know. We, oh, you were nice boys, of course. We were nice, but we liked girls. Yes, of but course. But we weren't like gropers or anything. No, 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 yeah, yeah, no, okay. no, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not what well, I women meant. Women are dr- not drug. They're, they're a drug. That kind of No, me, I oh just meant. No, I'm, I'm so sorry. That was not my intention. You guys, you were in your 20s and you were living life. 30s. Yeah. 30s. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm a little, a little older than Dax, uh, a little more immature, very much immature now, especially. The difference with Dax and I is I would, uh, we'd come home from a night of partying and he'd say, hey, bud, you got Xanax. And he's Xanners. Yeah, sure. And I'd say, uh, yeah, I think I got a couple, you know, for my back, you know. And I would take like a half of Xanax and I'd go to bed and he's like, hey, you want to stay up, man? Maybe mo- go ride my motorcycle? I'm like, yeah, yeah, that doesn't sound like a good idea. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. And then I'd wake up and all the Xanax were gone mm-hmm. and Dax was gone and my fridge, all the beers were gone. And I'm like, that's an addiction. That's something I don't have. Mm-hmm. And I acknowledge that. I like to have fun, but I also have like a, like a control thing. I, I don't want to be out of control. Mm-hmm. I've always had that. So what I'm saying is when you guys met and you started dating the beginning, you were seeing at least... A lot of the Dax I was seeing, or remnants of that, yeah, that yeah. had to be hard. Oh, uh, very. So, how did you even get through that? Well, first of all, he's infinitely charming, and he kept, of course, me, yes, he kept me laughing. And but I will say this: I had a lot of fears when we first started dating because he had a very wild past. And the difference between an addict and someone who just enjoys drugs and alcohol is that the moment any one of those things enter their system, they no longer have the ability to make decisions correctly. So whereas you could say, yeah, I want a Xanax, maybe I even want two, but I want to need to wake up in the morning and I'm probably not going to ride my motorcycle. He cannot, if he has one sip of beer, there is a different person behind the wheel of his brain. Right. So I didn't necessarily understand that. And also he talked about all these crazy stories of like when, you know, this happened or he missed three days and he bought a, you know, whatever, he missed Christmas or all these crazy sort of drug and alcohol related stories. And uh, and he told them as though he was telling, uh, you know, a, a fun story about a, you know, a cool dinner with his parents. And it, and it, it scared the shit out of me because there was no... That was crazy. I'd never do that again. And then we went to therapy about it. 
because as you know, we love therapy. And my, I said, though, it really scares me when you tell those stories. And he said, I'm not doing anything wrong by telling a story. Also, I'm sharing intimate details of my life with you. And our therapist, who's also sober, said, I can tell you what's missing for her. You're telling how it was then, but you're not saying how it is now. And she needs one sentence at the end of each of these three-day drug bender hilarious stories, by the way, to say, but you know what? That was crazy. I'd never do that again. And I just needed that little cherry on the top to feel comfortable with him sharing all these like crazy, grisly, also very funny details. You know, like when he jumped out of the car and he had to... shit and on the side of the road and like in traffic like all that stuff and then I'm just hearing this cool boyfriend I have say that and then he's not recognizing that that's an insane behavior it didn't make me feel like I was connected to it well I remember early on when you were dating there was one thing at the traffic light where the guy threw a milkshake at the car Mm -hmm. and then he kind of got yeah you didn't like that moment I mean first of all who would like that moment this explain it transient or just Bozo was in the middle of Sunset Boulevard Mm -hmm. and he was holding his big gulp and Dax was and now mind you I'm sure Dax was not he instigated going the speed limit no well he he didn't instigate but I'm sure he was going five miles wasn't he inching up to the crosswalk because this guy was taking his time no actually uh well again I don't have a great memory but what I remember is that he was sort of just going down Sunset Boulevard maybe a little zippy I'd say (laughs) and the guy was in the um center turn lane and the guy had decided at that moment Dax was going too fast and he whipped his big gulp at the windshield which is by the way is a felony to mess with a moving car before I even blinked he had thrown the car in park he was out of the car in the middle of the road, grabbed this guy, and they got into a major scuffle on the side of the road. They were kicking each other. I think he gave a Daniel LaRusso to him. Didn't he give him a drop kick or something? He kicked him in the head. Right, yeah. Yes. By the way, the guy wasn't some small... Like, the guy was angry. He was roid raging. He was, like, fighting back. He was punching Dax. This was not Dax just beating someone up. This was Dax attempting to sort of stop a bully. That said, I don't condone any of it. Right, but who won that fight? Was nobody really... I guess it was sort of even, although the, the the guy did sort of cower because two people came up and saw the fight. I'm, by the way, still sitting in Sunset Boulevard with the driver's side door open. Seatbelt on. Always. Very cautious. Okay. Click it or tick it, Michael. So I'm sitting in Sunset Boulevard and he's beating this guy up and the whole thing takes, I don't know, maybe a minute and 30 seconds. And then two people walk up and say, I know you, you're Dak Shepard. And the guy, because he's smart and wily and likes frivolous lawsuits, immediately started cowering and going, I'm going to sue you, I'm going to sue you, and then took the last, like, bit of the fight, just, like, cowering so that he could have a claim that Dax beat him up. Did Dax keep laying into him at that point? No, 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 Dax stopped. He wasn't, like, being revengeful. I mean, he might have taken the last hit, for sure. But all of Dax's aggression comes out of beating up a bully. It's it's all in defense of someone else. Sure, so he doesn't like that. It's difficult for me to talk about because I don't condone any of it. But then right. when I see his reasons, it's like, I guess you do need people to fight for the underdog. So cut to, it became a very big thing. And the, the guy did try to sue. And the police department called and everyone wanted a report on it. And then it was basically, it came down to the fact that the guy was going to take Dax to court for a misdemeanor, which was like assault and battery. And then uh, Dax said, well, then I can take you to court for a felony, which is messing with a moving car. And the guy dropped it. 
And that was it. And that was it. Was there something sexy about watching your, your boyfriend at the time beat a guy up? Not to me. Beat a bully up. N- well, thinking about my boyfriend <laughs> beating a bully up, yes, I'll say that's slightly sexual. Right. Watching it happen in real it's, life. It's hard to watch it. And fight. watching someone else's baby, because even though that guy was a dipstick, he wasn't a great guy, but um, that doesn't mean he wasn't someone's baby. That doesn't mean he wasn't celebrated with a cigar when he got home. And I think about, when I look at fights, I think about the people's parents and the fact that someone could actually die and how stupid it is that Did we argue about everything. No, I didn't. I'll tell you how I handled it, because it was boss. All right. I didn't say a goddamn thing. We can swear, right? Uh, I hope so. I didn't say a thing. We were going to dinner with our agents, which, by the way, we never do. We do it like you once still every went? 10 years. Yeah. He got in the car. I didn't say a thing because he knew. He knew how I felt. You were disappointed. Yeah. Oh, he knew. And I didn't need to say anything. We got to the restaurant. Um, was he bleeding at the restaurant? No, but he was limping. His shin really, really hurt because he had kicked this guy's skull. Okay. I can't imagine how the guy's skull felt. Yeah. I mean, just to think about the whole picture here. We sat down at the table. I didn't mention a single thing. He was like stretching out his knuckles because his hands hurt. And about two minutes into the meal, I excused myself to go to the restroom and I went into the kitchen and I got him a bag of ice and I came back and I held it sort of like behind my buns. And then I sat down and just put it on the bottom of his knee. That is so cute. So I basically said, That's really sweet. I said, with those actions, because the problem is I use too many words. Sometimes women in general use too many words. Rarely men, I think. This is just to be stereotypical. We're cavemen. We just say yeah, that. Exactly. Yep. You just point and grunt. I didn't, I, I wasn't going to get anywhere with words. Wouldn't do anything. So I knew I needed an action. And my the ice action said, I will take care of you always. But don't you ever fucking beat anyone up in front of me or not in front of me again. This is the last time. Was that the last time? Yeah. I remember he had a, he, he sort of wanted to beat up one of your neighbors. Well, funny thing about that is <laughs> we were just talking about this because, yes, he got into a, a sort of swearing conversation, if you will, a loud conversation right. with our neighbor when we moved into this house we're currently in. And we just bought a house around the corner. And it's, a hot dump. It's gonna. Need, it's like full of mold. It's like underwater. There's. It's crumbling. But we're right. like, you know what? It's on the nice big backyard. Let's do it. He has already gotten into a swearing, loud conversation with a neighbor, Why and we've bought it. Two I months avoid ago. confrontation at all costs. I just don't like it. And there's something about. And I. I commend Dax. There's. There's two parts of me. I feel like. God, he's got balls. He's more of a man than I am. No, because he could do that. And then part of me's like. I mean, just let that go. Yeah. There's I think both. Bo- both are true. I feel like you encounter these things on a weekly basis. Oh, yeah. This spices things up. What yeah. can Dax do now? What can K-Bell well, do now? No, because I think we're, we're, we're categorizing him into some sort of like aggressive, like he fights with everyone. Oh, he no. doesn't. He has stimulating arguments a lot. Yeah, I could see and that. And you know that. I do. Yeah. Um, I remember one time I... I I don't know. It was an immature thing, but I remember catching a fart, perhaps, in my hand. Mm-hmm, sure. And throwing at him. Yeah. You can throw farts. Did you sure. know this? And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's nerves. I, I tend to fart a lot. They mostly don't smell, but I threw a fart at Dax once, and he looked at me, and he says, if you ever do that again, I'm going to punch you right in your face. And uh. I looked at him, and he was dead serious. He goes, I don't care if you fart, but you're not going to throw it in my face. You're not going to do that. What I'd like you to do 
is when one's brewing, mm-hmm. I want you to go up to him, make sure he's paying attention. I want you to pretend like you just threw it in his face. And see I will says. do that. And can I tell you, I already know his reaction. He will love it so much because I disagree. I don't think he will. Out I'd of like to me, make a bet on this. Out of me, though, he oh, will. Oh, like a sweet little flower yes, fart. Yes, because he thinks it's a... very funny when I have gas. Everything sort of makes him gassy because he doesn't have an. You know, you should check your probiotic levels. You should drink a little bit more. I'm taking a super pro with a billion, I think. uh, Oh, okay. Well, then that should be helping you. Although sometimes, if you eat more vegetables, you know that roughage. Yeah. If you cook cook your food, right? um, That sort of pre-digests it for you. That may lower the gas. Also, if you eat any sort of beans and stuff or nuts, even. They have like a coating on them that makes legumes. you gassy. I've been having mm-hmm. a lot of legumes lately. The, well, that's the gas Is problem. Is that the correct word? Mm-hmm. Legumes? legumes? Legumes, yeah. yeah. Rob? Yeah, that's right. Um, do you know how we met? Let's go back to that real quick. We met, you'll probably remember, but I, I think at a CW party? I, I don't remember that. That could be though. Maybe, maybe it was. That I actually, now that I'm thinking about it, definitely it remember. It definitely happened. Because it was you and Tom. Tom Welling. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I had just started Veronica, Veronica Mars, Mars. And we were at some like TCA party. Was it nice? Very. In fact, I you know, and Tom started talking to me and yeah. you told me how pretty I was. And I walked away smiling the whole night. I was like, oh, I just fuck. went to a party. I could be married to Kristen Bell right now. And this fuck boy this told me I was so up. pretty. This handsome boy told I do, me I was I do so remember pretty. It. I do remember it. I Here's here's the thing though, it gets convoluted in the, the the scenes that happened after with the Dax of it all. Yes, so that happened. I that did. Yeah, I but remember. that's a very interesting story because there are a lot of different what. Well, a lot of different what. <laughs> so we flirted at that party. Okay, and then after. I'm glad you said that because I had a feeling you just say, "Oh, I didn't even know you were flirting with me." Go ahead. What are you talking about? Well, your memory. I'm a self. Well, that's true, but I'm a very self-aware. Look, I know when people are throwing me rhythm. I mean, I've got rhythm. Yes. So I've seen you like a couple times since then, maybe. I and mean, then, yeah, go, yeah. We went to the. We were both at the Red Wings Kings game. That is correct. Right. And I brought Dax. Yes. And I saw you, uh-huh. and I was newly single. And I said, "I'm gonna go talk to Michael." And then you were very busy talking about hockey and you introduced me to Dax and then Dax started talking to me and then Dax took my gum and I was like, all right, I'm going to date this guy. And then I don't even know if you know this yeah, story. Like, I think the, you gave me your number. Yeah. And of course, well, listen, I wanted to keep all options on the table. But no, you gave me your number. I feel yeah. because you wanted to give it to Dax. Mm-mm. I wanted to give it to both of you. Okay. I honestly thought you were out of my league and I didn't even make it. I, I didn't attempt. I tried I, I tried to play the slow game. Like, hey, maybe she'll think if, you if, blew I, it. if I if I if I talk to her a couple of more times at the next CW event, the Dubba Dubba. No. You know, and I'm like, Hey Veronica, and you're like, Hey Lex, what's Look, up? And can we start I be talking. honest? You were I don't think you were emotionally ready for me at that point. I don't think I'm I wasn't gonna fuck around. Yeah. And... No, you weren't you're not the kind of girl that fucks around. No. Um, no, I looked I'm at you like you're ma- fun, but I was like, yeah, you're marriage material. Uh, hence, you're yeah, married. But, but that's, yeah. but it, that's, what are you looking at me for, Rob? Oh, so you, you would have screwed it up. What? You would have screwed it up. Uh, I don't I know mean. if I would have screwed it up. You were a little immature. I'm you were still, still a little very immature. cute, of course. Yeah. And are you married? No. I, I, listen, man. Let's talk about you, Michael. <laughs> you know what? I, this will become about therapy because it is. I'm trying to make me better. Mm-hmm. 
I'm trying to get a better me here. Yeah. And by listening to you and listening to other guests, their flaws and their, you know, just the mistakes they've made and, 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 and seeing that people aren't perfect because that was sort of my, my next thing. You look at you and Dax. Mm-hmm. It was always like, fuck. Now he's dating Kristen Bell. Oh, my God. That was always my crush. That was my crush. And then he eventually directed this movie. He's like, Rosie, I want you to play Kristen's uh, ex-boyfriend who's a douche. And I'm like, God damn it. Hit and run. Go see it. Um, and it was just like this perpetual, like, not rubbing your face because I love you and you're like a friend. I don't even like, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, but, but it was just so, in the beginning, I was like, I remember telling my friend Chris, you know, back then, I was like, oh, man, Kristen Bell. So cute. So perfect. You did, you know, look. It's okay. You make mistakes. Every, you make mistakes. Everything happens for a reason. Sure. Okay. We're going to find you a great girl. But do you know the second portion of this story? Has Dax told you the second portion of the story? I don't know if he has. Yes. Yes. Where I text you. No, but I texted you first. So we, Dax and I dated for like two months and. <laughs> he called me one day and goes, hey, bud. Uh, yeah. You so, talking to K-Bell? So, yes. Yeah, so we dated for, we dated for like two months and he broke up with me. Stupidest decision he's ever made. So maybe I thought, in. No, no. No, I didn't. I didn't think like that. I don't do that to homeless. No, you did not do it. I did it. So we broke up, and we broke up for four days. Why did you do before... that? Why did you text me? First of all, because Dax had just done something very stupid, but in his defense, it wasn't stupid. We had We were on the road to something serious, and he said... I want to be very responsible with you because I ve- I really respect you. I'm still dating other people because at the two month mark, you're sort of like, I remember have that. you cut everything off? You know, when he was dating other people, he also said like, this is moving faster than I want it to simply because I just got out of a relationship. I'm just not sure my headspace is there. In retrospect, I realize how respectful that was, even though it broke my heart at the time. He wasn't going to continue to sort of date me like a real relationship and then have other dates on the side. So... He broke up with me. I was devastated. But then the next day, I grabbed my bootstraps and I was like, I am 27 years old. This is my time. I want to party. I want to know what love is. So I texted you and I was like, hey, Michael, what's up? And like said, do you want to grab dinner or something? Or maybe just started to do something coy. Maybe a brunch. Yeah. And then you responded. But the texts took like three days, right? As they do. You don't like make plans that night in a text. And then Dax came back to me four days later and said, I made a terrible decision. I would like to continue dating you. I'm going to cut things off with the other girls because I want to see where this goes because the last four days have been agony like I made the wrong decision. But then I had still instigated this text date with you. And then you ghost me. No, but then you said to Dax something about KB texted me. And of course, Dax knows me like the back of his palm. So he was like, holy shit. I broke up with her. And the next day she texted one of my friends to go out on a date. And I was like, yeah, bro, you broke up with me. You yeah. don't make the rules so after that So what do you do? Point. I go after your bro. That's what I'm doing. That's what you fuck I'm going to do. I'm going to put you through K-Hell. But also much. because I was like, I met Michael first. And yeah. I was like, also, you don't control. If you break up with me, you do not control who I date. Holy Does it shit. matter if you're friends with them? We were dating. It wasn't like we were dating for 10 years. It was two months. Maybe seven and a half weeks. Look, you haven't had a fling with someone and then like also dated someone else and they were both like really small relationships and those girls happened to know each other. That's the equivalent. So anyways, Dax thought it was 
offensive and funny and he got insecure and then he laughed and then he loved it. And, and don't I get some bro love for actually texting Dax that, hey, this happened? Yeah, you didn't do anything I could look wrong. at my phone to see if those texts are still there. Oh, no, my I God. Would they te- be? I, I, no. don't, I don't think I have those texts. Yeah. So that's the story, mm-hmm. really. And then he still mentions sometimes... Oh, that time we, I, he says we broke up, which I think is comical because we did not break up. He broke up with me. He's like, that time we broke up and then you tried to date Rosie. And I'm like, yeah, that's, Fuck. that's the fact. Well, first of all, I mean, this is 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. So it does, you know, right now I'm feeling a little, uh, what's the word? I feel a uncomfortable. Little, no, the opposite. I feel like comfortable. I got game. You do. 11 game. years ago. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that. But now I'm thinking, hey, How could Kristen you not Bell. I have seen that. First of all, um, I was like a child compared to the women that you were dating. Uh, are you saying I date older women? No, but I just mean like you were dating like babes. You always date babes. No, I no, mean, no, no, no. I I mean, yes, that's I, I, not I a pretty, category. That's from when I, I meet them. I always think like, oh, this girl is beautiful and she's a great personality. Like oh if we God. would ever, you know what I mean? I know. I'm just, I'm a, I'm an idiot. I want, like, I want to find someone. Look, this yeah. asshole right here is 28 years old. He already has a kid mm-hmm. and is married. 28. 29. 29. I know, but look how adorable he is. Because he is Rob's adorable. the cutest person ever. But it's like, I feel like, fuck, man. You know, here I am. I could have had Kristen Bell 11 years ago. Yeah. I think I always talk about this, but I, I do want a woman who's smarter than me, which is not hard. That's that's easy, mm-hmm. right? Someone who will do the kids' math and science and things like that because I don't think I could do it because I was the dumb one. Mm-hmm. You know, I always felt like that. I do date some pretty women. Mm-hmm. But they have to have both things. They just can't be pretty. They oh, just yeah. Be. And that's not and what that's I'm... that's hard to find. Like a perfect... Like a... Per, well, they have yeah, so, all, everything. So number one, your standards are too high. Too high. Okay. I got to stop that. Yeah. Number two... And I'm still getting old now. So you know what? Stop it. I need to really fucking stop that. Yeah, for real. But yeah. the other thing is really more important that... Look, everyone who lives out here who you're going to encounter in these circles that you would date listens to Larry Mantle on NPR once in a while. They're smart people, okay? There's a good crop of people to be I able to meet out here. I think you hang out with smarter people than I do. Maybe, but I'll tell you this. That's that's because I crave people that enjoy interesting debates, hence Dak Shepard. But I'll tell you the most important thing that you need to look for in a relationship is someone who is willing to grow and you are willing to grow alongside. It doesn't really matter any of the other stuff. It matters if you enjoy them and obviously – you want to be attracted to them, but that's going to ebb and flow throughout your relationship because you stop producing those dopamine hormones after a couple years and then oh, you're going to yeah. feel like, oh my God, I want to fuck everyone but you. But then like a month later, you're like, oh my God, I'm such an idiot. You are the greatest light in my life. And it just ebbs and flows. That's what I want. I want to look at someone and go, I just can't live without you. Yeah. But first of all, lower your expectations because that will not be the sentence you say every morning. I did not say that about Dax Shepard when I left the house. This morning. I thought, I want to get away from you right now. Right. And I'm going to the gardening store, <laughs> which is what I did. I dropped the kids off at school and I went to Sunset Garden Nursery and I just said, I don't want to think about it. But you have to find someone that's willing to learn extra tools because no, you'll never find someone perfect. You just need to find someone that is willing to grow with you and is committed to that growth because nobody will do it perfectly. You won't. She won't. But if you can sort of go to therapy or under, start to understand each other and change your behaviors based on what makes the other person less triggered, that's the key. I go to therapy. I go to uh, behavioral therapy now, cognitive behavioral therapy, to, tr- mm. to try and have positive thoughts more often. How do you like it? I've heard a lot about it. I do like it. It's, li- it's, it's, you know, there's little changes. There's like in me already, like for instance, there's, there's just, you know, in my mind, it goes back to 
you know, when I was a kid and I'm not smart enough. I can't do it. I can't, I'm not going to be great. I'm not going to be, you know, and I, and I'm like, why do I, why Mm -hmm. you've been successful. You've done things that are great. Use that moment. What's healthy is when you do something, you work hard and then you're great at it. You should be like, I can do that. Yeah. You shouldn't keep the cyclical fucking thing that's going on. We're like, oh, back to not being great, not feeling great. Can't do it. So there's like that whole thing. And and, and so this helps me. um, I do little things like there's a little piece of paper that says hey three positive things i open my eyes in the morning i see that and i i go positive well you know i got my beautiful dog and uh my assistant's cool um you know rob over here he's a nice guy but you're <laughs> all you're naming are um external that's forces. true but there's also things you could do like to uh mindfulness yeah i'm really starting i know anybody listening out there if you listen trust me i'm the guy that's always been like fuck don't do it well, there's my, you know, this meditation yeah, it's and the bullshit. It's voodoo. It's bullshit. I know, but I love it and it's so not, much. It feels not, so good. It feels so good. I wake up, yeah. and if I don't meditate for 15 minutes, and let me tell you something. When I say meditate, I go to this thing called Insight Timer or whatever, and it has a guided meditation. I'm very basic. Mm-hmm. And I press play, and this woman goes, hello. And she starts talking, and it's soothing. Yeah. And she guides me through this so my mind doesn't wander too much, and it's okay to wander. And at the end of it, I, if I don't do that in the day, I don't, I don't feel well. Well, it's not a reflection on you being sick or needing something, which I think is a lot of what people think this sort of hippie meditation is. It's a reflection on currently we have too many devices we have so much multitasking yeah. and your brain gets cluttered just check like a out. You gotta check like out. a Clean like it. a you know a hoarder's house yep. and so you will constantly feel like you're in a hoarder's house because of the amount of things we're exposed to the amount think about it when we just had telephones how did you make an appointment how did you make any sort of a deal for your job you you just had to get to a landline? Like what? Mm. People didn't need it as much back then, but now everyone's brain feels like an episode of hoarders and the meditation stuff, because we do transcendental meditation, it just helps calm you down a little bit. How often do you meditate? Oh God, I haven't done it in weeks, months, maybe. What the fuck? You just told me that? Yeah, but uh, because, well, first of all, I have a three and a five-year-old. That's not- Oh yeah. A fucking joke. But don't you they, have to just make time for yourself? Yes, I do. But I, you know, I do. Like, I'll, I'll decide. Like, do I want to get my nails done or do I want to meditate? Let me ask you something. I look at you and I, and I read stuff and I know stuff. Like, you suffer from depression, mm-hmm. anxiety, ADD, AD, a, ADHD. No, I don't think so. Um. Okay. I overly empathetic, but that's sort of in tandem with the yeah. But I got this is a sickness I had. This isn't good. I got excited to hear you had these things. Oh, it's because not I, a sickness. That's not a sickness. That's a craving for connection and acceptance. And by the way, that's why I talk about it. Because well, please, that's why I talk about it because I felt it was irresponsible for me to present a very bubbly package that talks about kale and meditation and all these fucking things we should all be doing. Yeah. And not talk about the messiness that is my real human life, which is I suffer from anxiety and depression. I fight with my husband a lot, but you know what? Anal worms. Anal worms. Jesus Christ, the fucking pinworms in my house. Why do they call them anal worms? They're pinworms, but they come out of your anus, right? Yeah, yeah. They They are, you can either breathe in... Or ingest their eggs if you have a filthy feral child like I do, and they Delta like, gave them. Yes, to you. they put their hands in their butt and then in your mouth, and maybe that's why Dax didn't like me throwing farts at him. Perhaps it's the old pinworm thing. You're throwing eggs yeah. at him, and then yeah. they lay eggs in the folds of your anus and anus. Yeah, and then in each worm can lay twenty thousand eggs, which is why they're very difficult to get rid of. And you had these. Oh yeah. And you had to have like a parasitic cleanse. Yeah. 
I had him once six weeks ago with Delta and as well. And we all, you have to like take this chalky substance from the drugstore. Do you feel different when you have them? No. Your, your butt itches. A butthole itching. Your, yes. Your anus, the anus. Correct. And a... I'm not – I don't suffer from that. And I said to Dax, do you think you have it? And he said, what are the symptoms? I said, your butt is going to be itchy. He said, I've had it. I've had it. For 40 years. <laughs> itchy anus. Yes. And I said, no. So he was out. But he, you have to dose everyone in the family with this little um, medicine. Yeah, Delta had it and I had it like six weeks ago, except I didn't know you had to dose twice. So then we got it again last week, me and Lincoln and Delta. I don't think Dax again because he's just normally itchy. So then everyone in the family redosed. So sorry. Okay, go back. So when I – by the way, before you start this, I, I talked about – I got excited about your depression. I don't want people to think I'm a sicko. Like, ah, she's depressed. No, Because I, I have a little depression. I, I, I think everybody suffers from a little depression. Yeah. I suffer from anxiety a little bit. I suffer from these things and I don't tell anybody because I, I find it embarrassing. Mm. I was on set. I was doing a role. I was the lead role in the show called Impastor and I thought I was having a heart attack mm-hmm. and I called the doctor and I said, yeah, I just don't feel well. And then privately in the trailer, my assistant Troy was there at the time and I go, is Michael have you ever had anxiety and i looked at trying oh don't you tell anybody about this fucking conversation because i was like i don't want people to think it was yeah, an anxiety that attack stigma, it's such baloney why? i know but why i why? know because i don't want people to think that i'm i'm uh what's the word i'm weak i don't think admitting a mistake and working through it or conquering a roadblock is weak i think of the, the opposite but i want to conquer it but i don't want everybody to know it. well obviously now I'm saying Who it. cares if everyone knows? Okay. I, You're I'm like t- a lovely, fun, handsome man. Who cares if you have a flaw or two? Like everyone's Many, many. over themselves. Okay, fine. But that's why I started talking about it because I, it's just not fair or fun or realistic for us to be afraid of all these like little secrets that are everywhere. It's like, we like what are we hiding from? Like what are, who are we trying to impress? I, I was getting anxiety when you came today. So say to me, I had a lot of anxiety for you coming today. And then I'll say, why, Michael? And you'll say, well, I didn't think it was going to be a good interview. Or I was nervous to talk about Dax because we're talking about a third party who we both care about who's not here. Will he like it? Like Now I'm getting anxiety. No, don't get anxiety. about these things. Because I, I didn't think of those things. Oh, but just talk about it. <laughs> no, Nothing I, I, should be you. a stigma. I do. And I talk about it. This show inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum he's become we didn't know what it was it was just like you know he was this asshole Rob was like hey get a fucking podcast I'm like yeah. I don't know which is great because now Dax he does Dax's he does all my friends want information about it and he's great but we're be- pulling Rob apart at the limbs yeah but we didn't know what it was going to be and then all of a sudden I was like this is therapy for me this has become therapy the for way, me and my listeners. I think that's why people love podcasts because you're able to sit alone in your car or have an intimate uh, listen, eavesdrop on an intimate conversation while you yourself are feeling intimate. You're not watching Netflix with a big group of people and you can process people talking and generally in these rooms, this will lend itself to a more intimate conversation because the only people here are you, me and Rob. So you're going to get me to talk about more intimate topics than if we yeah. were at a sound stage and I had True. hair and makeup and we were all, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think people talking and communicating and, and showing likeness to one another is what the most important thing is like say i am just like you i suffer from that there are days i don't want to get out of bed i have fucking what anal worms too i don't have them i might well we don't know we don't know we could check the toilet you might afterwards. after i leave here I'm depending on how many surfaces i touch <laughs> they're, they're, she just winked what a nice subtle i'm not wink. contagious anymore ask i don't care if i get them i'll get them you know so i, I want to ask you 
how you deal with anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it seems like you've overcome anxiety. Do you still get anxiety? Oh, yeah. Anxiety? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. It's 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 minimal, though. Well, first of all, the meditation helps a lot. Working out helps a lot. And I also, my level of anxiety and depression, I have been on a medication since I was 20. Plavix? No. You know what? I Here's why I've always hesitated to say the name of the medication. Not because, I, I, I just said, I didn't know if that's an actual... Oh, one, you just made it up? Is Plavix not something? No, no. <laughs> I've never heard of it. Okay. It's a very okay. popular one. But here's the okay. reason I hesitate. Because in sort of communicating with people and showing how similar you all are, sometimes those similarities bleed into a little bit of... Um, I want to be like you or a, a, a not thorough thought process. And if I say the name of my specific medication. Everybody out there will go, Kristen Bell's doing it. No, not even that. I don't care if they know I'm on it. Because like Rosenbaum's like, now doing everybody it. Everybody knows what the name of this medication, right. this anxiety, depression medication is. But I don't want anyone like a young person who doesn't mm. maybe thoroughly understand it uh, versus a doctor to say, I want to be on this one. Because there are like 15 different anxiety yes. and depression medications. You know, you have to see which one's right for you. You have to see which one's right for you. And and you need to talk to your doctor about your symptoms because they do do a little bit different things and you want to know what's right for you. So I don't want to say, hey, I'm on Paxil, which right. I'm not. But what I say? Plavix? Plavix. But Paxil is the name of one. And I don't want everyone to go like, well, that's the one that works because I want her personality because that is not how no, these things no, work. No, no, no. But let me ask you this. How long ago did you have this? What were your symptoms? What were your day-to-day feelings? What were were they overwhelming? Were they, mm-hmm. you know, what were they? What was the feeling? And then when you tried this drug that they finally found for you mm-hmm. through your therapist, did you suddenly did it change your life? Yeah. And this drug changed yes. your life. And what did it alleviate? I want to hear those. Well, if for people who don't know about SSRI inhibitors, which is the, what I'm on, and which is when your brain doesn't produce enough serotonin, it well, it produces enough serotonin, but like the sort of other parts of your brain don't catch it, and so it just sort of dissipates. But you need right. to be able to catch it. It needs to go from one nerve to another. I'm not a medical doctor, but this is the way I understand mm-hmm. it. They are not a benzo or an oxy or anything like that that would mess with your brain. So it doesn't impair me. I can drive a car. I can. So they don't mess with your personality at all. So I was a very happy-go-lucky kid. And then by the time that I was, I guess, 19, my mom had had a conversation with me because she suffers from the same thing early on. And she said, listen, if you ever experience a, a lot of nervousness, a feeling that you can't make a decision, which is anxiety. I, have, I still have a lot of anxiety because I have so much – I can't like – I, I look at all the dishes in my cupboard and I'm like, which one should I use? And I spend five minutes doing it sometimes. And I'm like, you got to snap out of this. You're wasting it's your ridiculous. life. Um, she said, if you have trouble deciding, if you're feeling like life is too much, uh, write it down. Or maybe I came up with that. I can't remember. I think she said, write it down. And everything that I wrote down was positive. Like I have a, a boyfriend that I adore. I'm paying my college tuition payments on time. I'm studying what I want to do. I'm living in New York. Um, both my parents are healthy. And there was like barely anything in the negative category. That's how I knew that it was out of my, outside my control. So I make a list, a pros and cons list. And if there's a bunch of shit like I'm fighting with my best friend, I'm like, uh, I'm not in shape, all these things in the negatives, then I go, well, I can actually handle all of these. Let me handle all of these and really put effort into it before I explore anything else. So I felt like there was just kind of like a dark negative cloud over my head. Were you extremely fatigued at all? 
Yeah, not extremely. Did you just feel like during the day you were like nervous, the nervous energy made you tired? Yes, because my adrenaline was so high. Exactly. I wanted to crawl. I could I could compete with a regular day as a college student who was studying music and theater, but I still always wanted to crawl back in bed. It felt safer. I didn't always want to interact with people. And I knew in my bones that that wasn't me. I knew that wasn't my core. So my mom also, she's a nurse, and she explained it to me. She said, look, talk to a doctor because I in no way, shape, or form am condoning everybody taking drugs. I think a lot of people do not need it. A lot of people just need to start working out and getting their bodies active to activate their endorphin system. But she said, there shouldn't be a stigma. Don't feel embarrassed because if your brain's not doing something physically, would you ever deny a diabetic his insulin? You'd never say to the diabetic, just process the sugar by yourself. Right. Don't take that insulin. It's ridiculous. That's a, a stupid thing to say. That person would die. It's similar with anxiety and certain types of anxiety and depression. So I went to a doctor, explored my options, started what on- What year is this? Uh, 99. 99. Started on Tiny Pill, that the same one was, which my mom took, which by the way, that's the reason I started there because the doctor said, well- Chances, there's no way to know. There's a lot of different medications that you could be taking. Chances are, if this works for your mom, it will work for you. It lifted the black cloud and all of a sudden I felt so much, I felt hungry for life like I knew I should be as a 19-year-old who got out of Detroit and was studying fucking musical theater. Yes, I'm doing jazz hands. In New York City, the most exciting time of my life, going to see theater, like standing in the TKTS line, like worshiping Audra McDonald, all these things that were amazing. Life I, just changed. It, it How changed. long did it take? Well... They say two weeks to set into your system. I noticed a difference in like three days. All of a sudden, the cloud was gone, and I wanted to and have And the nervous energy fun. in the morning? Mm-hmm. Did you ever get that nervous mm-hmm. energy in the morning? That was gone? Yeah. Let me tell you something. It is genetic. My mother has manic depression. I'm, look, I'm not saying my sister has manic depression. My grandmother had manic depression. So I'm like, I'm sure there's some fucked up shit with my How mind. How often do you work out? Uh, I try to play hockey once a week, and I work out maybe once or twice a week. Should I work out every day? Well, yeah. And the thing, I, I believe this is true. Rob, you're going to have to fact check me, but he I'm pretty sure. He doesn't work out at all, so don't ask him anything. But I think in England, they prescribe you, which I believe in, and I think they should do it here. They prescribe you a workout regimen before they will ever even entertain you being on medication. I mean, granted, they're not in bed I, with I don't all do a lot of cardio. Should I do more cardio? Yeah. That, that is true. It is true? Yeah. Okay. I think that's brilliant because I don't love fixing things with drugs if you don't have to. I don't love taking antibiotics. I'll only do it if I'm like on my deathbed. Like I don't, I'm not Pfizer pushing right now at all. You know, especially if you're hesitant to take a drug. Work around it. See if other things work first. Exercise. I'm going to do 30 minutes of cardio a day. I'm going to start working out and then I'm going to see how my mental stability changes. Yeah. Uh, This might be the most intimate podcast I've ever done on this topic. But by the way, I'm so, I could not tell you how interested i am i couldn't be more interested than i am now Kristen. you're like someone who look i mean like it or not i know you're very humble and i've known you and you're just one of you feel like you could hang out with you because you can you're just that kind of person but you've been on you're like ellen's best friend you and dax you do commercials together you do tons of movies you're in, like you're a sweetheart everybody loves you i mean I know, look i know you hate hearing this but to be so humble to be like you know in the old days people would just be like look at me i'm beautiful and i'm on the cover and they were like having these horrible secrets that no one would know Yeah, that about. feels gross it to feels, say that yeah it feels gross to what to 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 say that to to even do a look at me 
I also have this weird complex yeah. thing about performance where I love to do it, but I'm also simultaneously don't want anyone to watch me doing it. I, 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 it's I know it. It's a very strange I know relationship it. with performance I have. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like it's – you're just so approachable and I'm like looking at someone so successful – and I've had some success, and Dax is really successful. And I hang out with—I have friends who are not successful at all, and they're working their way up, and they make no money, and they're—and I'm like, well, they're happier than me, mm-hmm. and they don't have anything. Well, the more you have, the more unhappy you get. I'll tell you that right now. It works. I see it with raising my kids. When I give them everything they want in a day, they're fucking assholes. Right. I think someone told me, appreciate. yeah, always have your kids overcoming something. And I'm like, well, they're going to live, unfortunately and fortunately, obviously, a very privileged life. They go to, you know, work with one of us and someone's like, we're working on this new gnomes cartoon. Do you want this toy? Like they get, you know, they uh. get, they're, they're, they're just treasured and not every kid has that experience. And I don't want them to think a, that's normal. I want them to either be grateful for it or understand that's not the way the world works. And so, like, we make them share a bedroom. We have a third little I bedroom in our house. We have three I bedrooms. Bedroom. Yeah, but I'm like, look, you guys are going to fight your sisters, and you're going to have to get over it. Always have them overcoming something. I was over there one one day, and I remember Lincoln was just crying her face off. Sure. And you and Dax like, no, she's going to cry it out. Yeah. She's going to have to cry it out. Were your parents this way? Were you... Uh, I don't know. Ha- you don't remember those? I have no idea. You re- when you say memory, it's amazing to me because it scares me how, you know, when I hear people like you and Mary Lou Henner is kind of an exaggeration. She's, oh my she's God. an anomaly. But yeah. she, she, well, for, for her, you know the deal. She's going to come on the show. She is. Her mem- Yeah. No, she knows. She's like, oh yeah, that was April 14th, 1984. Yeah. And it was at four in the morning and I was wearing a blue dress. I mean, that, that is fascinating. But as fascinating as it, it, as it is, I saw this on 60 Minutes. Because she was a guest on there, and she said the good, the bad thing is you remember when someone dies like it was yesterday. <gasps> she remembers like she goes, "When were you born?" Uh, July eleventh. She goes, "Oh, July eleventh. That was a Wednesday in nineteen seventy two. And I remember it was raining, and uh, you know the Mets still sucked or whatever. I don't know what the hell. I she- saw that sixty minutes too, and I barely remember it. See, that's what's crazy is you don't have that kind of memory, Mm-mm. but I envy you for the memory that you have when it comes to lines. Like for me, I get anxiety and freak out when I'm like, they want you to audition for this or you have to learn five pages of dialogue because my mind doesn't work that fast. Mm-hmm. I can't. And maybe it's the stress. Maybe it's too much pressure I put on myself. But you have never felt that. No. That is something you have never understood. I can read it once and have it memorized but it comes at a cost because i truly don't remember vacations i've been on with my husband where he'll say we've been there we went skiing there and i'm like i have no memory it's just didn't download wow would you trade it half and half absolutely more memory less memory to learn lines yeah i'd be happy to work more on um short-term memory and like memorizing lines to have more recollection of my life because sometimes when it's it makes me sad sometimes to be totally honest with you when there's like a really special moment with delta or lincoln are doing something extraordinarily cute and i'm just trying so hard to imprint it because i'm like don't forget this don't forget this they don't like it when i take out my phone they don't like their picture taken they don't like devices they're like be human with me in this room which i have to respect and i'm like i'm am i gonna forget this am i gonna forget that cute thing they said Uh, yeah it is kind of sad but i'd take your memory over that i'd forget rob in a fucking second just to learn never forget rob 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 is your boss you don't realize this but rob is your boss well you know rob i I talk about this rob i was doing stand-up comedy and he was taking pictures of all the comedians and then i was like hey can i get a picture of me doing stand-up because i don't know if i have the balls to continue doing this 
And he goes, sure. And then he texts me, he goes, hey, man, do you have a website? And I'm like, no, what do I need a website for? Who has a website? He goes, oh, you should have one. Here's what I do. Next thing you know, I've got a fucking website. You know, you should put a reel together. Uh, next thing you should have a fucking yeah, podcast. This, this is what All I'm, of a sudden, I'm you're like, just, what? You're describing your boss who tells you what to do. Monica. That's my Monica. Yeah. And because look at that soundboard he's working on. Could you even get near that without blowing it up? Well, fuck yeah. If I, if I put some time into that. But that I have no interest in that. Yeah, and also you wouldn't put the time into it. No, so Rob right. is the boss. All right. Well, don't tell him that anymore. Okay. Because like I already see he hasn't Love even you, seen, he hasn't even seen Frozen. You haven't seen Who Frozen. Cares? How many times is you, your kids? They they know it's you, right? They know it's me. Yeah, they don't. They could care less. They don't care about Mm-mm. Frozen. They don't. I mean, they do. They like one of Lincoln likes the outfit, but they like they first of all they like Elsa because everyone likes Elsa, but it's because it's their normal. It doesn't impress them. First of all, we are born to reject everything our parents do. It is in our DNA. So they don't really want me to talk about it. And I think they assume that other people's parents voice other characters because that's their normal. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Although I will say they have a heightened awareness of what voiceover work is because we talk about it and because I've taken them into the studio when I've recorded like Delta, the little one, when we're watching Paw Patrol, her very favorite show on the planet, uh, when there's like the scary dragon comes on, she'll say, but that's not a scary dragon, mama. That's a man making a growling voice, right? And I'm like, absolutely. Sweet cheeks. She's smart. Mm-hmm. She is smart. Are you? Do you have a lot of patience, you and Dak? Who has more patience with the kids? Is that an unfair question? Oh, no, it's not. With the kids? Yeah. Me. In life and with everyone else? Well... Dax has a unending patience with me. Like he's had it and that's it. No, no. Unending. Oh, unending. Unending. Because, really? I, well, as you know, I mean, Rob's going to have to edit this. How long did I ramble? Like some of these times I've been talking, I'm just like six, seven minutes. And even in my head, I yeah, go, but it's interesting how long have you been talking? I will Don't do, do that in a very nonlinear way at home. He d- this is how he describes me telling a story. He'll say, you come home and you'll say, I saw uh, Susie at uh, Warner Brothers today. You know, Susie, she had worn that pink T-shirt, the same T-shirt that when I lived on Huntington with my mom and went to Burton Elementary School, <laughs> the girl from Burton was wearing that T-shirt when when her dad was a swim coach. And then he's like, what am I supposed to be paying attention to right now? So you just, you're really, you're telling the story and you're dissecting like, uh, like a sentence, like you're... Uh... I'm never getting to the point. And he knows that that is a character defect of mine and he loves me despite it and he sits there and he just nods and he waits uh-huh. and he waits, Dax, uh-huh. and he waits until I get to the point. And sometimes That's all I mean. there's no point. There's no point. Sometimes I've gotten so deep in the details that I can't remember the point. So I would say for patience, he will win it. He is, pr- we have a pretty matching patience with the girls actually. He's pretty damn patient with yeah. them. As am I. Um, how much do you love singing and acting? I mean, is there something that you, if somebody took that away from you, what, what else would you do if you weren't in the entertainment industry? Oh, interesting. Um, I was asked this question yesterday. And well, I, fucking let's go to the next question. Okay. Then. Well, I will say, I just saw the movie Red Sparrow and the whole Is time, it good? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. It's, I mean, she's, I can't wrap my head around her existence. You don't like her? No, she's so fucking good. I like her too. No, she's See, Don't you think that'd be best. a good wife for me? Yes. See, hook that up, K-Bell. All right, let me call Jennifer Lawrence and see if she wants to date you. I'll give you a good rec. But she's so she's just I think she, so I, exceptional in her personality and yeah, her acting. That's what I think. But she, you know, these red sparrows, they or these sparrows, <laughs> they like go to this 
Russian training camp where they like learn how to manipulate don't give it people. Away. All right, fine, but they manipulate people. Okay. Um, Still giving it away. Sorry, fine. sexually or otherwise. And I thought I like undercover operatives, and I was like, I could totally be a sparrow. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know though. I I after having had kids, I prior to kids, I thought I might want to work with animals because I like to nurture a lot. It's like right. my love language. I need it or I, I wither. And now I feel like I would be a really good preschool teacher. I know that's so cliche though. Like, I don't know. I mean, if you were like, if I was to talk to like Kay Bell back in college mm-hmm. and said, hey, do you want to get married? Yeah. Even back then, would you have said yes? Probably. But I said, you want kids? Yeah. Weirdly, I wanted kids until I was. Before you had them. Yeah, up until it became game time. And then I was like, ooh, maybe not. I was like, I love our life. We travel a lot. Do we really want this? And then we just asked all of our bluntest friends, like all of our really, really most sarcastic, truthful friends. Should we do this? They're like, should we do this? And everyone was like, yeah, it's fucking unmissable. You got to do it. But I don't know how you do it because I could barely get by and I don't have kids, Mm -hmm. you know? So you just make it work as Tim Gunn but, but says. But you have kids, you're working out, you're meditating sometimes if you're not getting your nails done. Yeah, I'm not really meditating that often, but I have okay. it in my back pocket. That's the important but thing. But you're doing your show, The Good Place with Ted Danson. Yes. You jump out of another show, House of Lies. You do mm-hmm. movies, Bad Moms too. I'm not I, doing that show on Ellen called Mom's Planning. Mom's Planning, a, a take on man's planning. Mm-hmm. But from a mom's perspective. From a mom's perspective. Yeah. So it's like people throw these things at me. I'm like, ah, too much. I, I can't do. I oh, can barely I like do one all thing. The time. I feel like that all the time. But weirdly, do you get overwhelmed? Like oh, every day of my life, every day of my life, I'm in an almost perpetual. But that's not state a good feeling. Like, no, it's not. And I need to work on it. And I have a lot of character defects still. I need to say no to more things. But I have a sort of bleeding heart, and that's not a compliment. That is a character defect because I, I lose that. myself, and then I get impatient or irritable with other things. Little I things. Can't say no. Yes. Because yes. I can't say no. But I'm like the ambassador for like six different charities because all of them are worthy. And name I'm, your charities, real quick. Uh, no Kid Hungry, which gives Good. free and reduced lunch or breakfasts to kids who need it for low-income families. Um, Baby to Baby, I'm one of their angels, which provides 0 to 12 kids on uh, poverty levels with the diapers and all the necessities they need. A group called Inspire DR that's in the Dominican Republic, which is the only like boys mentoring program. There's a lot of ones for girls, but they teach boys a bunch of skills and also how to be good husbands and Mm. fathers and members of their community. Um, I work with gift of life, which is a bone marrow registry uh, program. Lord, Um, you are doing it. I'm doing, I'm currently working with the prostate cancer foundation because I I think it's really important for men to be supporting women and women to be supporting men. So this month we did a, uh, the, it was called the True Campaign. We picked a caregiver because people who take care of sick people, particularly like with prostate cancer, they deserve to be acknowledged. And we had this big contest and raise awareness there. Does Dax um, get his prostate checked? Oh, yeah. Like, did they stick a finger in? Yeah. Because my doctor doesn't do that. He doesn't believe in it. He just says my PSA numbers when on the blood test. Oh. If they were weird, then he would do it. Well, maybe so he I've gotten it's away with no finger in my ass for Well, a he got years. a vasectomy a couple years ago. Oh, so they... And he said, Well, I'm knocked out. Do everything anal you need to do to me. I interesting. Mm-hmm. I had uh, which wow. is a phrase he's never said before. You, you guys do get kinky? Do you guys Nate. get kinky? No, no, he won't let me near his buns. He won't let you. Not near that I'm it. like dying to get there. No, he or doesn't. As we like... call them our uh, asshole lips. Yes, you guys That's do call do, it though. asshole lips. No, he has an insecurity about. One time I had to shave his buns for he was doing. <laughs> this is where I leave you, and he had to show his butt. Right. So he like first of all it was so cute because he, his butt or the... 
his butt is adorable, but right. it's usually a little flatter than he'd like. Of course. So he did a ton of butt exercises leading up to it. His research for the role. Right. And then I had to, he didn't want anyone else to make sure it was groomed. So I went in uh, with a, like a buzz razor just to make sure that we oh, were yeah. all clean and dandy yeah. down there. And learning how to use the buzz razor, because I don't use, is that even what it's called? A uh, buzz razor? A, a buzz razor? Uh, I can't imagine that's what it's called. I don't know, but like I, I use a regular clipper for like my clipper. house. Yeah, a clipper. Okay, so, you know, he was in a compromising position, and I, and, and I was just sort of sat on the floor, and I was learning how to use this device, and somehow, I think I just heard it on the radio, but I was, as I was doing it, I was singing, talk about it talk about it talk about it and he to this day makes fun of me for that and whenever we hear that song we do this like we're we're buzzing someone's talk about it, talk about it, talk about so that just makes you feel comfortable yeah makes you happy yeah happy place. and he was mortified he was like are you singing back there and i was like you cut me some slack i'm shaving I'm, your ass i'm also boy. shaving your buns yeah what's your favorite decade for music Oh, wow. Crooners. What decade would that be? 50s? 50s. 40s, 50s? Yeah. Uh, yeah, like... Favorite in, crooner? Frank? Dean? Yeah. They've all got great takes. They all... They all I, I like standards. I don't know if that's necessarily a decade. Look, I love 80s because I, that's, I grew up in favorite a lot of Depe- Depeche Mode. Oh, my God. I just saw them twice. The best. Favorite Depeche Mode song. And sing it. Oh, wow. No, I wouldn't sing it. Um, Only 16. Whole life ahead No, of somebody... I want somebody to share, share the rest of my life, share my innermost thoughts, know my intimate details. The best. Great song. Um, But I like, I like standards like George and Ira Gershwin songs. Like, yeah. And I also really like musical theater. Favorite musical uh, song from a musical? Oh, wow. Gotta be West Side Story, right? No, 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 no. Um, I really like Sondheim, anything Sondheim. My favorite show is uh, A Little Night Music. I don't know. There's uh, a, well, that's from Send in the Clowns is from there. There's a beautiful song called I Shall Marry the Miller's Son. Um, And there's also a really, really good song that two women are singing about the sort of like lack of love in their relationship. And it's called Every Day a Little Death. Where they're just sort of seeing their love die around them. And it's like, every day a little death in the parlor in the den. And it's... It's kind of dark, yeah, Kristen. Yeah, but it's sad and dark? beautiful. Yeah. There's some dark shit about you. Absolutely. There is. Do you see Wonder? No. You know that movie with the kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw it over... We were Ooh, playing fall. Catan the night that our family watched it in the living room. Yeah, by the way, I asked some celebrities some questions. Matthew Lewis, who's uh, Neville Longbottom and all the Harry Potters, he's a buddy of mine. He was on the show, but he saw that I posted Kristen Bell's coming on the show. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, look, man, I love this game Catan. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if it was like you were throwing the guy from SNL around like Chris Catan. I don't know. What no. The, what's, what's that it's game? A bo- it's a strategy board game. We played last night, Monica and Dax and Jess and I. Would I like this game? I think you would love it. Well, look, it's not as I like... I want to be invited. I want to come. You can come. I'll come. I've been invited. I want to come. Yeah, you're always invited. Uh, it's not right. as dorky as Dungeons and Dragons. Ooh. Not that that's dorky, but it's not as like strategy, like there's not like cosplay in it. But it is a strategy board game, like Risk meets Monopoly, but not like as, that. as Monopoly. It's really fun. Matthew Lewis wants to come to that. Ryan Hansen, I was supposed to do this movie. My love of all I, loves. I couldn't, but yes, you worked with him, Veronica Mars and uh, Hit and Run. Mm-hmm. You worked with him. Oh, he's my brother. He's, he's truly brother. my brother. He's truly the brother. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he's doing a movie right now in Oklahoma. I, I texted him this morning and he he asked, I asked him, what should I ask Christian? Oh, no. He said, who is your favorite roommate at the commune? <laughs> What's the commune? The commune. 
was a house that I had that was right actually close to this one. It was right around the corner. And it was weird. It had these like six little bedrooms. And so there was like a lot of space and I bought it and I didn't, and I went through sort of like a breakup right after I bought it. So I was living there alone. And then slowly but surely all of my friends moved in and there were six or seven of us living there at a Ryan, time. Ryan, one of them. Ryan, his wife, Amy, right. uh, Jedediah Jenkins, who is now a prolific Instagrammer and influencer. Right. And then our friend, Christina, who is now a, um, social justice and, um, lawyer in South Dakota, our friend Kim Biddle, who works on child advocacy and uh, sort of sexual exploitation rights here in Los Angeles. I also had no furniture because I didn't know what I was doing. I was like 25, 26 Were years old. Were you a pot, pot smoker or a partier? No, not back then. Right. I smoke pot now. Oh, but you do? Yeah, but not back then. But we would like pitch a tent in the living room and then just have like a sleepover there. And we would all cook oh. together at night, except Jedediah and Ryan... They weren't. They they were helpful when you asked them, but they physically couldn't see when there were dishes in the sink. They couldn't see it. It was like a blind spot. And I would be like, "Can you please do those dishes?" I, I've had those roommates because no one paid rent. We all just lived there for. They, yeah. I just I was paying the rent anyway, so I felt insecure. Like I felt it was stupid for me to charge my friends. And oh, our friend Katie Leonard Katie. lived there as well. Um, and I was like, "Can you please do the dishes?" They're like, "Oh yeah, I didn't even notice." But Amy always noticed anything. We would have like weekly meetings about chores because I was like, "Listen, you guys." I can't do this by myself. Everyone's living here for free. Shit's got to get done. Ryan, you need to pull the trash cans in. He was like, got it. We would make little note cards. And they never do it though, right? No, no, they did it they once did. I told them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, once you told them. Yeah. He also asked, fuck, Mary, kill. Jason Doring, Chris Lowell, <laughs> Rob Thomas. <laughs> oh. Those are uh, uh, Veronica Mars guys, right? Yeah, that's very tough. Jason Doring, Chris Lowell, Rob Thomas, Mary, fuck, kill. Oh, no. You probably marry Rob Thomas. Yeah, pro- but I can't kill Chris Lowell well, or Jason Doring. You have to kill Doring. someone. I'd probably fuck Jason Doring. Good for him. Good for Jason. Wow, and I... You just killed Chris Lowell. No, I can't kill Chris Lowell. You kill, he's kill too Rob good of then? a friend. Kill Rob. But if I kill Rob, that's like... He's like a prolific voice in the zeitgeist. Like, he, he created Veronica Mars. He like, I can't... Oh, wow. That's... That's too much. Of, I'd kill myself Maybe before I had to do any of those. Could things. be the Matchbox Twenty, Rob Thomas. Good call. Oh, I'd, yeah. I'd, kill, yes, him. I'd kill him. He's sure. a he's a dick. Sure. I think I heard he's a dick. Um, actually, we tried to get a song for the movie. You don't know he, that. He, yes, I do. You do not we tried know to that. Get a, a, move, a song for back in the day, the movie I directed, and I tried to get a song, and we in the he, he's the only one that just would not even say yes or no. Would never respond. His his guys were like, never. Do you think he might have been really busy? Has there ever been a time when you've received an email, Michael, and you were really really busy and you didn't respond to it? Has that ever happened to you? Okay, fine. You got People me. are complex. Don't you Jennifer dare pigeonhole anyone. Carpenter. <gasps> she texts. I text her. You did because we knew each other from way back when. Well, she was on Dexter. She, uh, you, you worked with her on Broadway. Mm-hmm. You were her understudy, and she was someone else's understudy. So makes you the third understudy for the. No, am I wrong? No, she. Well, it was we were sort of, but we were doing the Crucible, right, and there's Arthur like two Miller. main girl roles: Abigail and Mary with Warren. Liam Neeson. Yes. Oh God. She played Mary Warren, understudied Abigail. I played Susanna Walcott and understudied Mary Warren. Kristen has a poster of Antonio Banderas hanging in her bedroom. It recently moved from the ceiling to a door. Yeah. He's oily and shirtless in it. Yeah. She had a poster of him in her room as a child as well. 
Say hi. Have fun, you guys. <laughs> that's all she. That's all she wanted to say. I love me some Jen Carpenter. Jen Carpenter so is one of, first of all, incredibly talented. Did she sell Block ninety nine in ninety nine? No. In uh, uh, murder and sell Block ninety nine or something. It's it's unbelievable. Was she extraordinary in she's it? Great. Yeah, it's she's great. Yeah, she's so. I loved it. She's so talented. I mean, she's also like Juilliard and like she just. Yeah, she's endlessly impressive. She's also one of the funniest, weirdest people I know. And we got along splendidly. We were roommates when we came out here. I love her so, so much. But yes, I do have a Tony B poster. And it only moved from the... We put it... Okay, true story. I had one hanging in my room. Dax went to my childhood bedroom and he said, do you like Antonio Banderas? And I said, not really. And he said, why do you have this poster? And I kind of looked at it and I was trying to remember. And he said, was this the first poster you hung up? And I said, yeah. And I went through puberty really late, and I real I remembered I realized all everyone was putting up pictures of boys and like sexy things in their room when they were having like feelings in their underwear, and I was not. And I was like, shit, I gotta get a poster. I gotta get a poster. Fuck, fuck, fuck. I gotta get a poster. <laughs> and I opened up like a teen bop, and there was like oiled shirtless Antonio B. So I put Tony B. up on the wall, and I still have him in my childhood bedroom to this day. And then Monica, as a joke for my birthday, got us a Tony B. poster and put it above our bed. And then one night Delta was sleeping with me in the bed. Dax was out of town and she couldn't fall asleep because he was too scary. And so I moved him from the the ceiling above the bed to the closet door. Wall. Have you ever met Antonio Banderas? No. If you did, would you tell him? I think that would weird him out. Because he's like. I, I think he would love it. You Some do? hot, successful, talented, intelligent person said i had a poster but then i wouldn't tell him the whole story which is it was irrelevant which poster it was i also think i had a poster of simon rex like i didn't know who these guys were i just saw a boy and i was like this is what i'm supposed to be doing who was your childhood crush they were all hockey players well fuck yeah yeah obviously still play hockey obviously and they were red wing and i and i bet let me guess let me guess if i had to guess i'd say eiserman no. Okay. So, fine. I went with the although, pretty boy first. Yeah, you went with the pretty boy. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Iserman. Um, Lidstrom was no. Osgood. One hundred and fifty percent. Osgood. In fact, I wore a sticker that I made out of scotch tape on my school uniform for like a month that said Mrs. Osgood. He was also young. He scored a goal. He got in that like fisty cuffs with Roy Lee. Roy Lee, no. Wah, Patrick Wah. Jesus, oh. Roy Lee. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Patrick yeah. Wah. Um, yeah, when they came out of that, when you know, and their rivalry with Colorado was like no other. Right. I mean, I also really liked Matthew Dandenal. Those like were the Kurt winning Malby. years you saw them. You saw them. Oh, were big really time. They were exciting time. They were the only thing that was important to me. Movie stars were irrelevant because Detroit had the Red Wings. Although I will tell you a really funny story that's so embarrassing. So my dad was a news director, which means he directs the news. He still does it, right? Yeah, still does it. Yeah. And so, uh, but he had the station, Channel 50, the UPN station that broadcasts the Wings games. So, you know, because of the contract, the Wings would sometimes have to come in and give interviews in the studio. And when they'd come in, he'd always tell me I'd bring my jersey. I was like 14 and like dorky. And uh, Chris Draper came in. Oh, and had Draper. Chris Draper was the best. I mean, by the way, remember Draper got 80 stitches in his face because of Claude Lemieux, he took an elbow to the back of the head. And then the next game that Colorado came, not Kurt Maltby. Who's the one that sounds like Kurt Maltby? Darren McCarty. Darren McCarty. Darren McCarty, the minute the whistle blew, dropped his gloves and beat the shit out of Claude Lemieux. Which is not easy to beat the shit out of Claude Lemieux. Because they're best friends, Draper and Darren McCarty. It was like, it's a beautiful love story. Anyway. 
See, it's weird because you say, you know, you love, you're telling a story and you're relishing in the moment of fighting. You like the fights and the getting in the back and the because it's hockey. Because it's, it's not hockey. real yeah, life, yeah, yeah. is it? And the yeah. thing with hockey players, as we know, it's the only sport they get in a fight and then afterwards they go have a beer. They shake hands. That's true. It's over. It's over. And if you'll notice, I've told you a thousand details about this story that don't need to be there, and I've strayed so far from the point. This is the kind of storyteller I am. The point oh. is. I got my jersey signed by Chris Draper. I mean, I think it gives the stories life, but sure, whatever. Got my jersey signed by Chris Draper. And I was so excited, came home, put it in my closet. And then four years later, just before I turned 18, I was at a Barnes & Noble uh, just outside of Detroit, Michigan. And I saw um, Chris Draper. Mm-hmm. And this is f- four years later. You slept with him. I wish. I walked up to him and I went, Chris, it's Kristen. And gestured to myself. Now, why he would remember a 14-year-old girl from four years ago that he signed her jersey one time at a UPN station. I was like so invested. I was gesturing to myself like, Chris, it's me. It's me, Kristen. You signed my jersey at my dad's news station. What did he say? He was lovely. He went, oh, oh, of course. Yeah, that's it, right near your nostril. Hey, yeah, yeah, he was like, hey, good good to see you. And then he walked to his car and, you know, bought his book and walked to his car. And I, it was only after I'd been living in L.A. for a while that I was, like, going through a memory box and I saw, like, I have all this Red Wings paraphernalia I used to cut out of newspapers and stuff and, like, when the Wings used to win. And I saw a picture of Chris Draper and I'm like, oh, I had an interaction with Chris Draper. Oh, no. I almost demanded that Chris Draper recognize me from four years prior when I was a child. That is so embarrassing and he couldn't have been lovelier. And then I told this story to Will Arnett and he knows all these hockey players as well. And then when he was at a game and Chris Draper was there, Chris signed one of the programs and wrote, Dear Kristen, I remember you now. Love, Chris. Jeez. Oh, Draper. Oh, Draper. Uh, You've never... Hooked up with a hockey player before? No, I wish. That was a really that was an untapped market for me because I was too little. Never an athlete. I, I didn't it. mean at fourteen. I'm talking when you're legal. No, never, um, never gone there. No, no, no. Any crushes? Any man crushes in Hollywood that you're like, gosh, I know one of them. Who? Peter Dinklage. Big time. I remember you telling me that years ago when we started watching Game of Thrones, and I was like, I get it. He's so sexy. He's sexy because he's just embraces everything he is, and he's, he's got also, a real. He's so smart and yeah. he's so funny. And I also, like, know him and I know his wife. So, obviously, like, I'm just basically high-fiving his wife every time I say that that, <laughs> that he's, like, wonderful because I don't want his wife to think I'm, like, coming after him. I very much respect him. Also, he knows that I love him more than life itself. And his wife is gorgeous and they're beautiful and wonderful and I'm not a homewrecker. But um, who else? <laughs> Fuck, um, Mary killed Draper, Peter Dinklage, and D'Onofrio, Vincent D'Onofrio. I stunned you again. Those are hard. I've done some research. Oh my god! I bet you, I bet you killed Draper. Uh, yeah, only because I have the least uh, history with him. You're, I know you're D'Onofrio. You're gonna marry Dinklage, and you're gonna fuck D'Onofrio, aren't Bingo. you? Bingo! You know it. me I knew so the well. I knew it. Yeah, yeah. The that way was, the way it. you talk about Dinklage, I don't think you've ever talked about Dax like that. Um. Yeah, Dax is very sexy, but I of get course a he's sexy. Yeah. I'm just saying, I don't re- recall. If the, I the stars. wasn't married to Dax, I would be talking about how sexy he is. Or you'd be calling me up the second he broke up. <laughs> That's right. If I was to married me. to you yeah. instead of Dax, I would be talking about how sexy Dax was. 
Um, lastly, you know, the, I, I always promise like the fans that they always want to know stuff. They write in like questions mm-hmm. and you can just be brief on this. You don't have to give the Dax elaborate, you know, the, the thing. Stop that, t- so, okay. Right, right, right. I, I so uh, I'll answers. just, you know, and you don't have to answer them. This is from ace to me, eight, eight, 18. Who is more competitive between your decks? Oh, that's a toss up. I'm probably more competitive and within the context of a competitive game, Dax is more revengeful. Who loses their cool? Dax. No, neither. We're both, you know what? Neither. We're both passive aggressive. Hello, hello, Nads. Would you do an Assassin's Creed role in the live action version if offered? Because you were in the video game. Yes, Assassin's of course, Creed. but they've already made a live action have version. They? I, I did didn't not see it. get offered that role. Were you upset? Yes. You would have done it. Yes, because I started the video game. It was like based on my face. Swim, I, yeah. Swim Cutie LMR. Would like to know if the good place is fork swearing has messed with your ability to drop a well-placed F-bomb in real life. No. In fact, quite the opposite. I often will use the real F-bomb and then we'll have to redo the take at work. Really? Yeah. What's your favorite curse word? Uh, shit pig. Shit pig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Like if someone cuts you off or you're particularly just grumpy and can be like, this fucking shit pig. <laughs> I really like that. It's a good one. I, I didn't expect, it feels good. I didn't expect shit yeah. pig from you. Yeah. Toby M. Parker, have opportunities not come your way because you were a female? Has this happened to you? Is it as bad as they make it out to be on the Oscars? Uh, yeah. First of all, yes, it, it is. It, it's it's um there there are weird stigmas everywhere, and this world is run by old white men, and it shouldn't be. And so, yes, it is as bad as they make it out to be because I've heard a lot of those girls' story firsthand. It hasn't happened to me. I haven't I've, like been in a situation where I felt like particularly sexually or uh, uncomfortable. But it's really not sexual at all. All these issues are power, misplaced power, and greed of course um no it hasn't happened to me and yes it is as big of a deal as they say it is jamalin 9483 will you sing baby got back in the opera style while michael beatboxes no okay (laughs) (laughs) no way i like big butts (laughs) bullshit 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 in her all just voice Aldous Snow. Yeah, so in sarah marshall this is one of my biggest ego boosts when we were doing sarah marshall uh, Jason and Russell were very, 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 very exemplary improvers. And I was not. They were both trained. They were fantastic. And so I felt insecure during the sure. filming of that movie because I wasn't bringing much to the table. And Judd was like known for having this improv style and, you know, say what you want to say. Let's do a free take. And I never felt like I had anything to give. And then it's scary. It's it was very scary, and I just didn't feel worthy, I guess. And then during a scene where Sarah Marshall was supposed to be making fun of Aldous Snow, and they were lying in bed, and she was getting fed up with him, I had decided that Sarah would be really bad at doing Aldous's English accent because she's supposed to be a good actress, and wouldn't it be funny if she did a terrible accent? And I was talking about the nonsense that comes out of his mouth all the time, and I said something like, "You always saying bullshit, bullshit, bullshit," and I did a bad. English accent. And that is one of the things that people remember from Sarah Marshall. To this day, I'm like, I got one in. I got one in. The cool kids like me. So bullshit is what you were trying to slip in. Yeah. Well, I was just. And they, did they know that? It was my improv, right, I guess right. is what I was saying. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then they kept it. And it's like a pretty See? piece. of Angie Lucchese caught it. It makes me happy every time I hear it. I think maybe I am worthy. Uh, this has been a an incredible treat. I'll tell you what. This is. Are we uh, done? I mean, we don't have to be. No, I mean, you can do the therapy segment thing. I mean, we've we've gotten into therapy. This is. I'm just going to say this. 
I was a little nervous about this because we sort of know we know each other. We don't see each other a lot. You know, it's like, oh, you know, it's Kristen Bell. I haven't talked. It's just I don't know. I, I know Dax has a podcast now. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, you know, she's doing another podcast. I didn't know if you were going to be inconvenienced. I was like, I have to be somewhere. Michael, you're Ellen, my I'm, friend. I'm meeting. Why would I, El- say that again? I'm meeting. You're my friend. Why oh, would you. I? Thank if you. your That's friends nice ask you to support them, you do it. I feel just awkward always asking people to do things. And it's very hard. And Dax knows this now. He has to ask people to do these podcasts. I know. That's because you guys are big boys and you don't like to ask for help. Yeah. And it's a very sweet and cute and But I'm stupid. asking you for your help. No. For, and I no, say, for anxiety and things. Oh, like, I'll you help really, you with that. I really will ask you questions about that. I'm happy to help you. Um. That's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. This is the last thing, really. But I wanted to pretend for a second as if I had advice, if I were your therapist after after our little meeting here. Tell me. I, I Ultimately, I don't, I don't think it's anything you don't know already. Well, I like working on myself. So even if it is – no, tell me something I don't I know. just think that you do too much. We know that. This is true. I think if I had half your guys' money, mm-hmm. I wouldn't work at all. Or I, I, may, I may quit the business, or I, mm-hmm. I'd work way less. You don't need to uh, work as much. You could take more vacations. We could, but and and we do. We actually do make a really good effort to have like every couple weeks we take the girls somewhere. It's usually camping, um, but we do make sure that family time is very important. And we have a, a no work on the weekends rule. And if it something happens, like you know, two weekends from now is the kids' choice awards that I have to do. We will the next weekend make it that the kids can choose what we do. We're we're pretty diligent about that. Although I will say, even though I possibly could stop working. I support a lot of organizations and there's a lot of philanthropic causes that I believe wholeheartedly in that need donations. So A, if I'm staying relevant and working, then I'm able to gain traction for their cause. And B, I'm able to support those places because I put my money where my mouth is. I'm on a monthly donation to the ACLU, to Planned Parenthood, to a couple – you know what? All the ones that – John Oliver said at the end of last season, he gave like the five places. He's like, this is who you should be on a monthly donation to. I'm also on a monthly donation to uh, Team Rubicon, which is really cute. It's like vets who have come back and want to stay of service to people. So when natural disasters hit, it's a charity operation similar to what FEMA does where they will deploy – like 10 vets to go down to, you know, Hurricane Harvey. And those 10 vets will be like, this whole block we've got. We'll we'll get dig everyone's basements out. We'll help you rebuild your life. We'll make sure tents are set up if there's not enough room at the shelter. And it's awesome. And the vets know how to organize it because they've done military operations. Anyway, that was my point as your about therapist, As your therapist, I think you were just deflecting. It yeah, was it a was. statement about you're doing too much mm-hmm. and you answered it with doing more. Yes. And, because... and almost protecting yourself, almost like defending yourself as if yeah. you, you were thinking, but look at all the great I'm doing in the world. And that's mm-hmm. all great. But I just need you to maybe think yeah. about, do you need to a, do as much? Or... A little more balance, yes. Although I will say that by working and hustling and making money for these organizations and personally being responsible for financing some of these people these organizations, it makes me feel good. It makes me sleep soundly at night. Okay. I never have any sleep issues because I'm like, you know what? I am leaving the earth better than I found it. So there is an argument to me getting burnt out and not being able to be of service to anyone because I'm not taking enough time for myself. And I think as long as I'm doing that and I check in with myself every now and again, then I think I'm good to go. I want you to think... As though with these charities, like I want to become one of these charities. And what I mean is I want you to think of me as a charity that needs some some time and mm-hmm. some attention. So I want you to find someone like yourself 
who is that you who's single maybe mm-hmm. who's not this is after hearing you talk i really feel like i'm i've i've been ready for a relationship i did date a girl for a year mm-hmm. i'm ready to be in a relationship i don't i don't go to clubs i haven't gone in 10 years i don't go out a lot i'm a hermit i do fun things i play softball and things i do want to find a good girl and rob was hounding me and the reason i'm bringing this up because you said why don't you ask kristen she has a bunch of great friends i don't think yeah okay i'm paraphrasing <laughs> fucking paraphrasing all i'm saying is that think about that what to shoot a girl your way well i mean a, a woman a woman oh yeah so i like no, that a woman. well or and jennifer then, lawrence anyway or give him advice on what he should do well to look meet. you can st- you don't have to stop going to clubs or going I out you don't, can still that's par- not for me no I but it, you can do it but it, the the being ready for a relationship just means are you ready to invest in someone and make the choice to love their flaws as much as you love um yes. all of the wonderful yes, things about them. Yes, I am. I don't want to die old. Yeah, but that by the way, Single. that's that's a scary thought of like who are you going to be sitting on the porch with? Yeah. When you're 90. That's yeah. why I'm trying to become you're look, you're always striving to be a better person, to find someone who has the same likes and who 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 uh, you know, you can grow old with but also is smart and likes to do different things and shows you different things because I'm very stubborn. I'm sure Dax was stubborn. You were stubborn. Yeah. And then you both like, okay, I'm going to do his thing because he liked that. And you start liking things that he likes. He likes yeah. things you like. And here's the catch. Even if I don't like it, I still do it. Yeah, and you don't like it sometimes? Yes, of course. You know, do you think I like want to go watch him race his motorcycle? Fuck no. But I love that he loves it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does he want to admire my manicure when I get home? Probably not. But this is a matte shade, and Matt is in right now. And I said, I'm going to let you look at this for a minute. And he said, honey, that's beautiful. You have to recognize that if you're flawed, then everyone else is also flawed. And don't don't you want someone to love you despite your flaws and say, you know what? You're doing too much. You talk over people, or you wait don't pipe up wait enough, minute, or... Did you, did you say that because I talked over no, people? No, I was thinking of character defects. Oh, okay. Or you... You know, you need to pick yourself up by your bootstraps or you need to take more time for yourself or you need to whatever the things are. We all have them. Mm -hmm. And if you want someone to love you despite all those things, then you better be ready to love someone else despite all those things or love those things about them because that's what makes them unique. I'm ready to do that. I'm proud of you. I really am ready. I'm I'm just I'm fatigued. It's hard. It is hard, especially out here, you know, in Los Angeles. In yeah. the entertainment industry, it's just very hard. People try to hook you up. People will say, oh, there's a dating site. And you go to the dating site and they don't look like themselves. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta go through the weeds a lot. But it's also, you know, when you're when you find someone that you think you might want to invest in, you also have to constantly ask yourself, do you want to win or do you want to be right? Because if you're trying in a relationship to be right, all these stupid cliches are so fucking true. That's the crazy thing. So it's like there's tons of times when I think Dax has an asinine point of view. You need to just let people sort of be who they are and and and. I love need to them. let someone get inside of me. Yeah, is what you're saying. That's what you need. Well, I'm getting you need inside to get of vulnerable. Them. I'm becoming more vulnerable. You are. Don't you see how I'm talking about my problems? Yeah, a little you think bit. That's a, yeah, I think that's positive. I think that's positive. But you you mask and guard a lot with like being funny and confident and charismatic and like and yeah. that that's a that you got to strip that away I'm and really be it. like I'm this scares it. me. Another stripped song by Depeche Mode. Remember stripped? No. Look up stripped. Master and servant? No. Well, there's a song called Strip. Let me see you strip. Oh yeah, down to the Uh bone. That's a great song. Um, this has been a real treat for me. 
This has been. It's been really Me fun. Too. Me too. It's I'm glad so it. fun. I mean, because I I talked only more because I felt like you wanted to keep going. I I, won't, I would have stopped a half an hour ago. I don't really care. But yeah. Well. I, no, I mean, I care. I'm. Ha- I was happy to be here. I'm yeah. happy to let it go uh, uh, as long as it does organically. I mean, people probably will have stopped listening by yeah. this point. Uh, thank you for allowing me to be inside of you. This has been a real treat for me. Happy this to. has been more than a pleasure. I really, it was a million times better than I thought it would be. But this, I'm not. I'm not putting on an act for you. Right okay. Now. I'm over the acts. Okay, good. I'm, I'm over. Proud of you. I'm over the old Rosenbaum, Oldsenbaum. 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 <laughs> He's gone. All right. We'll give Dax a big kiss. I'll I be will. over the house soon. Please do. I'm going to play Katan. 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 Yeah. Katan. Katan. And uh, come, gonna, we'll teach you. I'm going to wear plastic gloves and stay away from Great. Delta. Kristen Bell, you're Thank awesome. You. Thank you. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.